0: Steady As She Rose, a podcast about creating authentic online business empires using feminine flow. We're ditching the demanding hustle and replacing it with integrity-infused, juicy, feminine energy that effortlessly attracts our dreamiest clients. Hello, my loves, and Welcome. I'm going to start the podcast off with explaining what exactly a feminine approach to business is. Just in case you don't already know or you don't already understand, we're going to chat about it. So it's definitely multifaceted, but at its core for me, it means that I don't force anything. So I've let go of hustle and only seeking value and productivity. I don't do that anymore. And I've stepped into a much more natural way of leading and creating. So basically, it means that I care way more about like the vibe and how I feel about my work, rather than what the next coach or expert says that I should be doing, like what the trending thing is that says that I'm going to get a million views. I don't operate that way anymore. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't have a strategy around my business or around you know my advertising, my marketing, my content creation. It just means that I've developed my intuition enough to know that when something feels good or bad, it usually is just that. So I just want to give a super high level overview of the difference between masculine energy versus feminine energy and just like dig into that a little bit more. Like, what does that really mean? First of all, I just want to say it has nothing to do with gender. Okay. Let me just say that right off the bat. We're not going to get political here. It has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with the energy that you're bringing to the table. Okay? So the place to start is the difference between the sun and the moon. We're about to get a little hippy dippy. That's just how I operate. That's what I believe. So I didn't invent these comparisons, sun and the moon. They are they're actually super well-known comparisons if you dive deeper into like sacred feminine, etc., etc. So the sun cycles through the 12 signs of the zodiac in a year. So like Libra, Scorpio, etc. The moon goes through those same 12 signs in a month. Okay, so the sun is very linear, it has a very slow cycle, whereas the moon cycle is much faster, and it can sometimes be perceived as more sporadic. Does that at all (laughs) sound familiar to you? Like the difference between masculine and feminine energy? Okay, so similar to the sun and the moon, the masculine approach to business is very linear, whereas the feminine approach to business is very expansive. Some would also call it sporadic. So men often think, okay, so first I need to do this one thing, then I need to do this other thing, and then it leads to this other thing, and so on and so forth. Okay, women's nature is more to radiate from the inside out. Sometimes this can look like multitasking. (laughs) Some might even say extreme multitasking. All right, does that sound familiar? Women have been conditioned to think that in order to be powerful in the business world, we have to be living in that masculine power. So our entire culture conditions us to believe that we need to unnaturally push ourselves and hustle more and be more productive in order to create a successful and thriving business. That is the only way, so society tells us. But if you just feel in your gut that that's just too much and that there's got to be a better way for you, then I'm honestly so proud of you because that is your inner knowing, it's your intuition speaking to you telling you that there is a better way. We've also been conditioned to believe that if we step outside the societal norm, we'll be unsafe, especially financially. Okay. And that's just something that's ingrained to into our DNA at this point from generations of that being the truth there's generations of history to back up the fact that those actually did used to be the case for women. That did used to be the case. Women used to not be able to own property, run a business, make their own money, etc., etc. So throughout the years, as women gained more rights, we've been conditioned to exercise those rights in like a very controlled way. So another word to say that is to take the safe path. That's what we've been conditioned to do is just be in like a nice little controlled bubble, take the safe path, and we'd be good to go. To the point where when we stray from that quote-unquote safe path, we feel like we're going to die in a lot of ways, honestly. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. We just feel like we're going to die. Because that feeling lives in our genetics from centuries ago when it may have actually been true. That might have actually been true centuries ago. It was. When taking the uncommon path would often lead to not being able to take care of yourself and possibly even death. Okay, that did used to happen because, again, women used to not be able to own property. They couldn't make money for themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But what I want you to remember is that you are not going to die, okay? You're just uncomfortable, That's what that feeling of severe uncomfortability is. It's just deeply ingrained from centuries of conditioning, forcing you not to stray from that safe zone. So now we know that growth often comes from that discomfort. And that is what I'm going to encourage you to do is to make yourself just take a breath through the discomfort, because once you come out the other side, you're going to grow. Trust me. Okay, so how does all of that relate back to business? So the biggest thing that I want to focus on right now is the concept of productivity equaling value. Let's just dig into that for a minute. So a lot of us have been constantly taught from a young age that in order to be valuable and for people to see value in us, everything that we do needs to be productive, Okay, does anyone else feel like that? I feel like I've I've lived there. I'm still unpacking that trauma 100%. Like we need to constantly be producing and giving and only after all the things are done have we earned rest or earned doing something for ourselves or earned pure joy and pure fun. Well, I'm here to remind you that rest is productive. <laughs> guess what? Joy and fun are actually productive. So much magic can come from just following your intuition and letting it guide you to where you feel like you need to be. So I'll even give you a personal example. Okay, this very podcast is going to be that personal example. So I talked with my mentor one day, my business mentor, about my coaching business that I'm building. And she was like, why haven't you started your podcast? You should do it now. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, first I need to do all the things. And then I need to make sure that all the, the logistics are right. And, you know, my offer suite is right. And then I need to make sure that everything is finished and that it's perfect. And then my reward will be the podcast, because that is what I was looking forward to, was making a podcast. I've wanted to do a podcast forever. And I was like, this is going to be so great and it's going to be so fun, but it's going to be my reward at the end of all the productivity. And she was like, no, that's silly. If it feels like it's something that's going to bring you pure joy, You should do it now and make it a priority. (laughs) And that was a little mind-blowing for me. I was like, really? (laughs) So you're saying that I can have my dessert before I eat my vegetables, basically, is what she was telling me to do. So I decided to set aside my lists of things that needed to get done And I dug into starting my podcast. And honestly, at first, I was scared. I was really scared. I ended up messaging her saying that I was so scared that I was having major imposter syndrome, basically. So I felt like no one would want to listen to what I had to say. I felt like people would say like, oh, my God, like, who does she think she is? But then I just I did it. I basically just mentally I just needed to kind of take a minute. And look within myself and just have a little pep talk with myself and just say, no, like you don't need to be scared. You're in a safe place and this is going to be great. And once I gave myself that permission, honestly, the ideas just kind of started flowing. But it did take me to mentally kind of look within myself and reassure myself that it was going to be okay. And that I was safe. So I did it. And it's honestly been my most naturally flowing creative outlet in my business so far, which is why I know that it's what, it, what I am supposed to be doing and prioritizing. I'm going to be honest with you. I was raised in a household where my dad very much valued productivity over all else. (laughs) And to him, productivity looked like education. And that looked like higher education. So, you know, college, etc. And for me, like, I always knew in my gut that I, that wasn't really my jam, that wasn't really my path. And I think for a while, like when I was in high school, I kind of started to, you know, I tried to like entertain him. I wanted to make him happy. And so I went on at least one college tour um, of like a state university. And it just like, it, it looked fun and it looked exciting, but I already knew that I was not going to do well there, that I was not, that was not like my place. I wasn't going to thrive there. But because my dad was looking at me and he, I just knew that he would be so proud of me if I, you know, graduated high school and went to college and got really good grades and got my degree and just, you know, followed, (laughs) followed the safe path, essentially. I think at the time I wanted to become a teacher. Um, And he, you know, he encouraged me to become a math teacher, who knows why, because I was never great at math. Um, But that was the path that he so badly wanted me to be on because he saw that as like a very predictable, very safe path that would essentially be my guarantee um, to like an income. And in my gut, I was like, you know, That doesn't, that does not sound like it's going to be a guarantee to me. Um, and lo and behold, you know, many years later, I'm looking at how our world functions today and I just am like, yeah, no, there's no way that I ever would have, it would have been, you know, not maybe stable, maybe, um. But it would not have earned me much money. Um, It definitely would not have guaranteed me a job. Like my brother and his wife are both teachers and they have been laid off at least one time before that I know of. Um, And it's just, you know, every year for them, it's a little bit nerve wracking to like whether one of them or both of them are going to be laid off again, because, you know, it's just there's just no guarantees. And I think for my dad, he just so badly wanted to guarantee that I would have safety in the future, that he was trying to steer me towards a path that I was not inclined to go down. Now, me being myself and being a very strong-willed now woman and at the time young girl, um, I didn't, I knew that I wasn't going to do anything that I didn't desperately want to do. And so basically, um, instead of going to a four-year university, I decided to go to community college for at least my first two years. And even at the time, I kind of knew that I didn't want to pursue anything more than that and that I was kind of going to like, I, for lack of a better term, like half-ass my way through community college. Um, But I was like, you know, this is fine. Like this, this will let me just bide my time while I kind of figure out what my next move is going to be. Um and once I was I think I think I did one and a half years at community college like three semesters and then I told my dad that I wanted to take a break maybe a semester maybe a year um but that I just needed a break and you know my my dad graduated from a four year, four year university and went on to go to law school, become a lawyer, etc. And so, you know, he he looked at me and he was like, yeah, well, you know, I took some time off in college too. And like, maybe that's okay. You can step away and then you can come back to it. And just like, genuinely in my head at the time, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, i I don't think I'm ever coming back to this. This is just not my thing. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up, you know, leaving community college, I was working part-time at a restaurant at the time and I ended up going full-time and then some. Um, If you've ever worked in restaurants, you know what that means. Um, (laughs) And I ended up you know, going from like a host to a server to a manager to a general manager, et cetera. Worked my way all the way up the ladder. Very, very ambitious. Um, Did it pretty quickly for what it was. And then once I got to the top, and I was a, like a general manager of a location. Like it was my location to like run the operations for. I kind of looked around and I was like, oh, no. I was like, this is not what I wanted at all. And, you know, my, <laughs> it was funny because my boyfriend at the time, I kind of, I didn't even really talk to him about it. But I, I just kind of told him at one point, like, yeah, I'm going to quit. <laughs> Like, I just need to quit. I need to not be here. I also had some stuff going on in my personal life at the time that I was like, yeah, no, this job is soul sucking and it's not ever going to stop being soul sucking. And so that is exactly what I did. I went to the owner of the company who I reported to. And at first I tried to kind of reason with him and explain the fact that, you know, I needed more help, et cetera, et cetera. And then when he kind of rejected, you know, what I was saying, then I said, okay, well then I'm done. I'm kind of done. So I need you to find a replacement for me. Um, And then he asked for my timeline and I said, you know, just whenever you can do it, I don't have anything else lined up, but like I just need out. Um, And so that's how that went down. And, you know, at the time, it didn't even really occur to me to confer with my partner because I don't know I just and you know I even do that to this day I don't really tend to confer with many people and it's gotten me in trouble sometimes with my partner specifically because he just doesn't understand he's like well why didn't why didn't even occur to you to get my opinion and I'm like well because I didn't need it honestly like I typically refer to my inner voice, my intuition, if I need to make a decision, a large decision about my life, you know, then I'll I'll refer back to myself. Like, I do not need much external validation. And I've been that way my entire life. Just, I just haven't really ever needed it. And so again, not advising you that that's how you should be, because it has gotten me into trouble here and there with my partner specifically when, you know, I make a large decision for what I view to be as for myself. And then he's standing on the sidelines going, wait a second, like, that's kind of going to affect me too. Like, what are you doing? So all of that to just say that if you're at a point where, or maybe you've been there a couple times where, you just, you don't know what to do and you just need to, you know, you feel as though you need validation. You need an opinion in order to carry forward. I would definitely encourage you to look within yourself for that validation rather than looking externally at someone else's validation, even if it's your partner's. There's no harm in getting your partner's opinion, but ultimately it is your life and you need to live your life how you feel is best. Additionally, just to loop it all back around, I will say that I think the biggest reason that I ended up leaving the restaurant industry in general is because It was definitely a hustle culture. It was definitely the type of culture where, you know, productivity was directly rewarded and put on a pedestal. And then the owner would be like ecstatic at which location was producing the most, which location was selling the most, which location was, um, you know, hosting the most events, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it was just a combination of all of that. That I was just kind of like, whoa, this is way too much. And ultimately, I probably could have done it for a few more years at that time. However, I saw it playing out in the future when I wanted to get married, when I wanted kids. And I was like, no, that's not going to work. Sorry. Like, I have life plans that I need to prioritize well over you know, the the plans of this restaurant, <laughs> the plans of a company that 100% viewed me as disposable, as all companies do to their employees. And so not saying that I wasn't valued there, but, um, you know, anytime that you work for someone else's company, you are disposable, 100%. And that is why I encourage people, especially women, to be empowered and empower themselves to create their own business where they literally cannot be a disposable asset. You created it. It's 100% yours. You know, you can't be fired from it. They're your own original ideas. and, And that's it. So if you've been raised to believe that the more that you hustle and the more that you produce will determine the value that you bring to the table, I'm here to tell you that's not the truth. Your value does not depend on your productivity. All right, I'll chat with you more next week, my loves. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Steady As she Rose and on Facebook, Steady As She Rose Podcast.